Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossroad Limestone, Limestone Athletics. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode, Six Degrees Within YGK. Today we got the owner of Skeleton Park, Trevor LaHue. We're sitting in the brewery right now. Um, welcome, Trevor. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we're sitting in the brewery right now, so if we get some background noise, that's what it is. Um, I'm sure you're just getting everything ready for the long weekend or batches for next week or... Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're just graining in right now for uh, brewing a batch of the amber and just kind of trying to trying to keep up with production these days is kind of the, the name of the game. So, yeah. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to give a little backstory here. So the whole reason why I started this podcast was, dur- was during COVID. I was thinking a lot. We're sitting at home and there wasn't a lot of socialization in person and stuff like that. And I was missing a lot of those important conversations. And that's why I, that was one of the reasons why I started this podcast was so I can keep connecting with people within the YGK area. So mm-hmm. that's why we mm-hmm. called it Six Degrees Within YGK because everyone's kind of re- related. So <laughs> it's just not necessarily um, about fitness, but it's about small businesses, how everyone kind of knows each other. Now, during the COVID times, um, it was shitty for everyone. Everyone has their own story of how they adapt. Um, I like to use the word pivot. And yeah. during that time, we had to come up with some strategies for pivoting. And one of them was like, we had to put everything online, right? And yeah. we're yeah. like, our businesses have everything in line or in the house, in the gym, delivering um, like one hour of fitness and stuff. And we had to move everything online. And it was a huge pivot for us. And it was super difficult. Like, I'll be totally honest here. We even had some coaches who were like, look, I'm not comfortable doing Zoom classes. I'm not comfortable making these videos. It just wasn't our thing. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and swing this on to you. One thing I remember when all that was hitting, because everyone was kind of scrambling what to do. There was a yeah, lot of yeah. things up in the air. I re- you stuck out to me for pushing, like, hey, we got a product. Let's try and keep this going. Because you guys, mm-hmm. a lot of your product will be in the restaurants, but all the restaurants were shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, want to jump in and talk about that off the bat here? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, just like everyone, I mean, the uh, that first lockdown kind of happened so quickly and suddenly that um, everything was just a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, and so there wasn't much planning other than just reacting. But uh, right away, we launched an online store um, and uh, started doing home deliveries because the, uh, the Ontario government basically just kind of opened that wide up for everyone. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, I think what, uh, what you said, what maybe, uh, raised an eyebrow with you was, uh, I think when we're doing those home delivery food pairings, uh, the basically, yeah, we remember just, that, yeah. yeah, we basically, we just kind of like got, you know, the light bulb went on, went on one day, got the idea of like, Hey, why don't we reach out to all of our, you know, licensee customers that we had, they're no longer selling our kegs, but we can still kind of have this like cool partnership going. And we were, we were, uh, doing packages of, you know, uh, beer delivered to your house with like um, uh, like a uh, a frozen meal, basically featured from a different restaurant every week. Basically, is kind of what we did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember you guys doing that because coming in here talking. Um, what were some of the restaurants you guys paired that up with? Uh, so we did um, some of the Black Dog stuff uh, with uh, some of Tim Pater's restaurants there. Uh, we did some work with uh, the Merchant. We did some work with the Mansion, or sorry, um, the Union, uh, Rustic Spud, a few other places. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Because again, it was 
everyone was kind of scrambling. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think people realized the trickle-down effect until after, looking back at it, because, like, again, you guys sell majority of your product, like yeah. the beer, yeah. um, inside the restaurants. And so you guys just had kegs just sitting there, right? Yeah, yeah, we had a, a lot of stuff sent back to us. We had a, uh, we also one, one thing that we did to uh, make sure that we kept a good relationship going with our, our licensee customers, bars and restaurants, was that we, we would take back any inventory that they were sitting on. And, uh, and so that they wouldn't have to, and we wouldn't charge them for it. So anything that they had, any beer of ours, any kegs, uh, we just basically just took it all back. We're like, yep, send it to us if you don't want it. So, and, uh, and, and that helped, but it means, it means that we had a bit of waste, but not, not, it wasn't too crazy. It wasn't too crazy. Oh, so. That's good. Um, and you never had the online store before that? No. And so maybe the, you know, the silver lining and all that is like, you know, that forced us to, uh, to, to create an online store. So there, there's another point of sale that we didn't have before. So, I mean, coming out of the whole COVID thing, that could work really well for us uh, in a way that, um, you know, breweries, uh, you know, one of the cool things about breweries is that we've got lots of different points of sales across Ontario. You know, we, we have beer that we're selling in our tap room. We've got a, a storefront where you can come and, you know, get beer to go. Uh, we've got now an online store, so there's another point of sale there. Then we've got our, our um, LCBO accounts, and then we've got our licensees accounts, which is... Uh, uh, bars and restaurants so so that just added an extra point of sale for us so you know uh going forward i think that's going to be a, a strong point you know that's going to be something uh that's a silver lining that came out of all this but uh but other than that i mean uh we you know there there, there were rough times uh going through all this as well that's uh you know um we're, we're still making up for some of the losses as well so um you know it's been it's been good but it's been bad you know we've uh, we've had some pitfalls as well so well, it hasn't been an easy, well, 18, 20 months. No, and I think you said it um, perfectly was it just showed you another way where essentially you can bring in revenue, get your product out there, get your brand out there, because we did the same, right? It forced me to start doing more things online. Right. Like right. I started making videos of, okay, guys, running, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that avenue is going to stop for you. No, no. It just added. Yeah, we just added to it, yeah, to, to added to it and yeah. it just creates a bigger brand. And Because yeah. you know some of these other brands were already doing that, but just elevates everyone's game so i to me that's like one of the positive things that came out of COVID. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah same same here i mean it's uh you know uh going forward from this point as long as we don't get any more lockdowns or anything it should be uh it should be pretty you know uh pretty strong going forward as long as you know you were able to adapt you know to the situation and the poor poor folks out there who who weren't able to to, to adapt uh you know there, there have been some losses and some businesses that are no longer around really unfortunate but uh but I, I'm, I'm kind of like a, an optimist in terms of, I think, uh, you know, as soon as the smoke clears, everybody's going to be stronger for it. Yeah. Now, do you think that was kind of a test of how strong a business is and um, weathering the storm and COVID? Ish. I mean, I, I, I do know for a fact that there were some businesses that were already kind of in that struggling phase. And then this whole COVID thing just was the, the nail in the coffin. Where, whereas other businesses, you know, who were doing fine before COVID and then struggled through it, you know, if they were able to adapt and, you know, we all came through. Um, but so there's been a, there's been a different uh, mixed bag of, of, of stories out there. <laughs> well, and I think that's a neat thing. Everyone has a different story, whether well, a lot of times it's more negative because some businesses did quite well during COVID, right? Oh yeah, um, for sure. Like say the housing industry blew right up the... Well, even even some breweries, uh, you know, like we were we were the, one, the ones that had, had some struggles. I mean, we had issues, um, 
uh, anywhere from like uh, like I, I mentioned before, like empty or sorry, full inventory being sent back to us. We had to, you know, we had some losses that were involved there. Um, we had a hell of a time trying to get our hands on uh, even just packaging materials. So stuff like like empty yeah, aluminum I cans. I thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So there was like a period of like uh, six to eight weeks where we couldn't even get any aluminum cans. So we were like, you know, the the LCBOs didn't have any of our products for a while. Um, we couldn't get ingredients to come in on time. You know, the like the, the list goes on, right? And um, you know, but uh, but there were other breweries out there um, that, uh, especially some of the bigger craft breweries. Uh, you know, ones like um, like Flying Monkeys, let's say, or Muskoka. You know, they were able to throw a huge amount of like advertising dollars, and they I remember them advertising free delivery straight across Ontario. And that's and, a big expense. <clears throat> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but they made up for it. They were selling so much beer that it was not even an issue of shipping their beer to Timmins, Ontario and having to pay $20 for that shipping fee. They were able to do it because their, their local shipping, uh, where they don't have to pay that kind of price for, let's say it's only just like, you know, 2 to $3 to, to send it, uh, out, you know, to the GTA area. That's where the bulk of their, their, uh, their sales were. But plus that, on top of that, they were getting... The, the mid-range as well, which was like Kingston, they hit Ottawa like crazy. And so they were selling beer just left, right, and center during that whole thing. And they, like like I said, it was a mix between, you know, doing that free local, or sorry, that free delivery across Ontario and um, and also the uh, the advertising budget that they had was huge. And so I was seeing ads for them all the time. And uh, and yeah, it's just the, the, the word on the street is that they did really, really well during the shutdowns. Which is understandable. They do have a bigger budget to work with yeah yeah and we we were we're, we're small like kind of a smaller company so we were able to offer sort of like local kingston delivery free but we couldn't do beyond that it just yeah. wasn't possible well because in a lot of the gyms i was watching like some of them are like okay we're doing this online fitness and kind of, you yeah. kind of watch other businesses like fuck okay that's a good idea yeah like, yeah like i'm not gonna say like a like good artists borrow great artists steal right like yep. you see some they're like okay i'm going to adapt my own i'm going to start doing that and i always see some gyms they're putting on like the big gyms were able to do all this online. They had like already the studio set up. They were, mm-hmm. they were made for this, right? Yep. They were made for COVID. They're like, in fact, their business group. Ours was like, okay, we're trying to figure out how to move. How to stay online. alive. Yeah. <laughs> now, was that kind of the same with you guys? Because yeah, I, I think so too. It's really the uh, the you know the David versus Goliath type. Well, I shouldn't say that because because in the end it was it's still us smaller guys are still kind of like you know still chugging away to get through all this, whereas the bigger companies are kind of laughing at this moment. But, <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, yeah, no, it's, um, it's like you said, it's, uh, it's tough to compete with those guys, but, um, but it, it shows that, you know, uh, that we're able to still sit here and both of us still have our, our business shows our resiliency to all this, right? So That's a keyword I always use in this. This really is going to test <laughs> someone's resiliency of Yeah, man. Like, yeah. And the fact that we're, we're, we're still here says a lot. That's, uh, that shows strength. Right. So, yeah. Um, so let's do a little jump back here. Sure. Get off COVID here. So yeah. let's kind of go over the story of Skeleton Park because everyone yeah, knows there's Skeleton Park yeah, in Kingston. Yeah. Um, I remember meeting you the first time. I don't know if you remember this. We met at Diane's one time. I was actually because Tara was working there. I mm-hmm. stopped in this year, have a pint. You were there. I think you were dropping off. And you had I was dropping in, off some beer. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah you I hadn't moved this. into Kingston yet. So what's kind of the whole story behind Skeleton Park and 
let's let, all right like how did you even get into like the brewery business <laughs> that's uh like uh, you, you can make this as long as you want or it's yeah, up to you it's or... a, I, i'm gonna try to keep that one as short as possible in a nutshell because it's a bit of a there's a bit of a backstory there but uh, r- real simple. I mean, I, um, I first learned how to brew beer when I was living in Taiwan. Uh, I spent uh, like 12 years of my adult life just kind of like traveling around and then teaching overseas and doing all that stuff and uh, found, uh, um, found Taiwan and I really, really liked it and stayed there for quite a long time. Um, but uh, so between teaching and stuff, uh, you know... Is that what brought you over there? It was teaching It overseas? was, yeah, originally, yeah. Um, and then... Uh, then basically a weird thing happened. There was um, a bar that had uh, burnt down because they had some like a fire show with some like, you know, people like, yeah, the tiki torches, the, the, I know that, what you're talking all about. The, all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Anyways, so the bar caught fire and it was kind of a, a, a bad tragedy. It's like there was a few people that died in the fire and stuff like that. It's kind of sad. But, but what happened was uh, one, of the, the, one of the tragedies was the mayor had a, a relative who died in that fire. And so he kind of had this chip on his shoulder going forward about like that all bars were bad. Um, so he, he wanted to make it a dry city. So he basically made it illegal to own a bar. And well, what city <clears throat> was this? Uh, this is a, a city called Taichung. Okay, how big was that? A city about the size of Toronto. So that would be really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the police were involved. They were shutting people down left, right, and center. Uh, restaurant owners, too, that were considered, like, if they had, like, a liquor license, they were getting shut down. Like, businesses were getting shut down all over the place. It was quite, it was quite serious. Um, but when all this stuff was going down, um, I, I happened to... It cor- kind of correlated with the, the time that I met these, these fellas who, uh, who were brewers, and they were uh, importing ingredients to, to Taiwan to, to brew with, and they, they were creating this, like, brewer's club so to speak and uh and we like underground brewers club kind of thing yeah i mean yeah uh you know um but uh but basically what uh what they did or what we did was rent uh, a space above a dumpling shop in the middle of a busy night market and uh and that was our our space and we had all our brewing equipment in there and then the only people who could really you know who was who could come and 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 enjoy that space were really brewers you know anybody who wanted to were you brewing beforehand or <coughs> that's that... where i learned so okay, these these guys taught me okay. yeah yeah so basically we were kind of like this brewers club and you know we'd share recipes we had had we had fridges with all our beers that we brewed inside there and we would share share beers and stuff like that too and like oh, excuse me um sorry kind of one of those like hey if i'll trade you six of mine for six of yours that you just brewed type thing you know what i mean oh, so that sounds awesome yeah it was pretty cool um but then the the space started getting a little too popular and uh and it was kind of getting a little out of control in terms of like uh, other folks were showing up and and uh and, and anyways we the like my friend who decided who was the one that uh, basically created the club he decided to close up shop and and uh and move the shop to taipei where he was going to do it legitimately uh, fully legit and uh, and opened his own brewery. So, um, but yeah, it was it was this cool little kind of underground club that we created at first that kind of started to get a bit out of hand. But anyway, so that's how I learned how to brew. And then uh, basically fast forward, uh, it was kind of one of those times where you know I'd been there for 12 years. You know, if if you're not going to spend the rest of your life living in Taiwan, you got to pull the ripcord at some point and, and, and move, teaching move the whole home. Time, I was right? teaching the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, and so basically, yeah, I just decided to move back home and, uh, you know, coming back here, like, um, you know, Kingston, your home, Hey, Kingston, your home or no, I grew up in Brampton, but, uh, you know, I didn't have a home in Canada at that point. Uh, so I kind of just had to pick one. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it was like my, my brother is living in Kingston or was living in Kingston at the time still is. 
uh, and uh, he teaches at Queens, and uh, and you know my, my family, my dad, my mom, like they're only two hours from here, and so so it was uh, Kingston was just kind of a no-brainer. Families in the area, and so uh, so I moved here, and uh, you know kind of always had this idea in the back of my head about opening up a brewery, but I didn't have the resources to do it because. Uh, uh, breweries are uh, notoriously uh, very expensive to open. The, uh, the the startup costs are astronomical. Yeah, I can only imagine because you got all the cylinders <coughs> in the back here, the kegs. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, and so um, you know, we I didn't come from money. My family doesn't come from money. We we do come from hard work though, and so there's this avenue uh, that you can go about for starting up a, a brewing company without owning all your brewing equipment, which is, it's called contract brewing, which is basically means that you, you hire or you rent out space in an existing brewery, brewery that can manufacture your product for you um, under a different business name. So, uh, so that was when I got the idea to start up Skeleton Park Brewery as a contract brewer. And the idea was, hey, you know, let's put a couple of products out on the market Let's see how, how well they're gonna do. And if we start getting enough traction with these products, uh, you know, then we can start seriously looking at maybe purchasing our own brewing equipment and doing it for real. Um, and so I, I, I slugged it out for about four and a half, five years that way. Okay. And just now, where was this all located? <clears throat> doing the contract brewing, I, we we brewed it every anywhere that we could. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> who had around. tanks, okay. yeah, we brewed in Toronto. We brewed in uh, uh, my friend's brewery in uh, Ottawa called Tuke de Brew. Uh, the Toronto brewery was called Brunswick. Uh, we brewed here in town as well with Spearhead Brewing Company. We've even done a batch with Riverhead. Uh, so we've kind of been like these. <laughs> uh, yeah, we bounced around, uh, you know, finding whoever has tank space for us, but. Um, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it allowed us, it allowed us to get those, uh, products on the market. As soon as we started to show that exponential growth in sales year over year, um, finally I went to, uh, the BDC, uh, and, uh, and, and basically showed them everything I've done over the last, you know, uh, four or five years. And, and finally they were able to kind of like raise an eyebrow at me going, well, we think you have something here we think we can help you out. And, and through that, uh, just the, the, the strong sales that we had, um, they, they were confident enough to, to give me a loan to be able to buy my, my brewing equipment. And so coming you know, somewhere from without much money, there, there are avenues to, to start up a business like this, um, but you, you gotta slug it out. Yeah. It's been, it's been a, a really interesting last like, few years for sure it's been uh, it's been now you tough. i'm going to assume you didn't have any business background or was that kind of your background and teaching or like because i know overseas you've been teaching english as a first language because i did that down south yeah but um yeah. did you have any business background before you jumped into this no 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 business background at all um but uh, i was actually teaching science uh that was the thing that so i understood the brewing process really well and that's kind of where my strength was is what was i was a brewer uh, in terms of business, I wasn't really a business guy, but uh, it turns out that uh, I've kind of become uh, almost even more interested in the business aspect of the business than the brewing aspect, you know what I mean? It's really something a little bit unexpected that happened, but, uh, but I really enjoy the numbers. I really enjoy the analytics side of it um, and, um, you know, streamlining efficiencies, you know, all those kinds of, uh, you know, data-driven kind of things became very interesting to me and that was a bit of a surprise because I've 
never been interested in numbers and well, I think that's a natural progression as you start as a business owner because you start on passion, right? Sure. I, the same thing with me. Like, start on passion. Like, man, I love fitness. I want to yeah. teach. Boom. You yeah. get so involved. Then over time, you're like, okay, I want to make this bigger. Yeah. But then you just got to start looking at the business side of it. Yeah. And as you build the business side of it, you're like, okay, this is actually the more exciting stuff because then you start to delegate. Okay, you guys just worry about this. Like, deliveries, you do that. But then yeah. I think that's just the natural progression of just the grow on the business side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and it, it's it is. So I'm I'm interested that like that was that became an interesting aspect of the business for you as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because huh. nowadays, like before, I used to coach, like uh, like call in the trenches on the floor. Like yep. I'll coach like up to twenty twenty five hours a week, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I got some great coaches working for me with me. I should say not for yeah. me with me. Yeah. Now we're they're doing a lot more of that during that time. When I was on the floor that much, it was so hard to do trying to like answer the emails. You gotta hit social media stuff. You gotta like at the end of the like month, crunch all the numbers, um, be like, okay, where are we losing money? Efficiencies, like why is this class doing poorly? And yeah, so yeah, all absolutely. that. But all that just yeah. takes up time, right? And then like, okay, new equipment purchases. Mm-hmm. And over time, I started delegating other stuff, like, okay, you guys are gonna coach a little bit more. So now I'll, I only coach about eight to ten hours. Because hmm. I'm, but I think I'm just as busy as before because it's still like 50, 60 hours. Because you're, you're managing a, a bunch of other coaches as well. And yeah, stuff, you're managing right? them, um, which can be a lot of energy too, like organizing sure. communication and stuff. Yeah. But then just working more on the business side and growing it and be like, okay, how can we get better? How can we get our brand better? Because my mm-hmm. biggest thing with like the thing that I'm most excited about is growing the brand, right? Yeah. And this is one of the reasons with this podcast is growing the brand of like not just for me, but everyone else is like, okay, let's talk about branding, right? And then to oh, me, oh man, that's a huge topic. Topic. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like we, but um, I think that's the natural progression. I think for any business owner, because if you start working on the business, so what are you? What are your thoughts with uh, in terms of your business in terms of branding? Like, how are you trying to uh, like sort of set yourself aside from other people who are doing the same thing? Like, what's okay. what what makes you different? Like, okay, I love how you asked me this. <laughs> so one of the things is because every gym can be, um, it's the same thing as. Beer, right everyone can be like oh we have this great um ipa right yep and with us oh we have this great coaching yep right but that can be all subjective right because yep. everyone's going to be like oh, i'm not big on the ipa um it all depends on their taste and stuff like that so you have to do things that create a better story behind the whole mm-hmm. brands where people are like okay i can relate to that so in fitness so we try and get like we have a few different types of avatars that come into our gym avatars mm-hmm. being like different types of members that come in, like mm-hmm. where you start pulling them. But we try and hit like the average Joe worker mm-hmm. who's like a full, like say full-time soccer mom, full-time soccer mom. Um, they got a couple kids. They come into work. They want to have one hour, best hour of the day or like a better hour of the day where they have mm-hmm. so much fun. Um, instead of like trying to sell everyone on like, okay, we can get you, um, like everyone's trying to sell the same thing in fitness, yep. but we're just trying to sell our story versus saying, hey, come to this class, get a free class. This right. is our story. This is how we got here. This is what we're right. about. And so you're trying to sell the story behind it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always, always said this. I mean, uh, when it comes to business, um, you know, it, you always hear this this cliche is like your competitive advantage. What is your competitive advantage, you know? Um, but I always try to think about it as, yeah, it's good, of course, to have your competitive advantage, but... Imagine if, you know, your competitive advantage, you know, one day was just kind of like swept away because 
everybody's now doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like beer. The, like the competitive advantage when I first got started, and it means nothing now. But it, yeah. but it was literally we make better beer than the next guy. You know that's what I mean? What we make saying. better. Th yeah. that, that's it. But but now it's like everybody's bringing their A game. Yeah. You can't use that as your competitive advantage anymore. No. You know what I mean? So imagine if your competitive advantage gets swept out. Do you still have a leg to stand on? And what is that leg? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you have to have something like a backup to your what you thought was your competitive advantage. It has to be multi-layered. You can't just be a you know a one-trick pony, so to speak, right? And and that goes for a lot of businesses. You know, if you're if you're gonna survive in this world that like everybody's bringing their A game to, um, you got to make sure you've you've you're multifaceted in your and your the way you're marketing yourself. It yeah. can't just be one. Yeah, you know, like <clears throat> way like I said, um, there's some things that are subjective. Every gym's going guaranteed. We got great coaching, great programming. Yep. To me, I'm like, if you sign up for a gym, you should have great coaching no matter what. Yeah. And that gym's gonna should have great programming, right? Yep. It's like um, every airline's gonna be like, yeah, we guarantee that we're gonna take you on the airplane and get you to your destination alive. Yeah, <laughs> every every airline's going to guarantee that. We'll get that. you there alive. Yeah, like and to me, I'm like that's that's a no brainer. Like that's yeah. like something that you're everyone should be guaranteed. But like you said, you, everyone's bringing their A game, so you do need something that sets you aside. Right, and so yeah. one of our things that we're doing, we're constantly trying to put out more social media stuff, more right. content in the sense of, okay, who are we, what are we about? Like, not just mm. trying to do these videos of like, because CrossFit's like a big competitive sport and yeah. stuff, but not some people think that like CrossFit's like this, like too elite or like I can never do like handstand walking, heavy deadlifts. We're like, no, like the average person can do this, not the handstand mm -hmm. walking, heavy deadlifts, but like we are for everyone and we are going to have more fun doing it. Yeah. And hey, I didn't even realize this uh, before just a couple of days ago, actually. But uh, the whole CrossFit thing—if you're going to call yourself a CrossFit gym, you have to buy into that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so a, it's affiliate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can't you can't own a gym and say, "Hey, we do CrossFit," unless you're paying to be able to say that. Yeah. That's, so I didn't know that was the way it is. So, so you, it's a, like affiliate you're not a cro CrossFit gym. So how do you get around that? Like, no, no, we are a CrossFit oh, you gym. Are. Oh, so okay. so we dropped the name there for a little bit during COVID because there are some headquarters issues i'll just i'm gonna get into the long story of that but okay. so we kind of dropped the name and then we're like when people are like hey um i want to sign up be like okay well have you ever done crossfit before well they're like no i've never done crossfit and we're like well we're not a crossfit gym but we do everything like a crossfit gym they're like oh really and it became so confused and we're like you know what we're a crossfit gym okay so we just <laughs> so that's why i'm wearing like the t-shirt that says crossfit limestone i know okay. there's times yeah, yeah. in the past where limestone athletics right so that yeah. is like our business name Okay. And so no matter what, like, we're always going to be limestone athletics, but we do CrossFit. Okay. So do you, do you feel like, like, because you're, you're paying into it, do you, do you think paying into it is actually, uh, do you get a return on investment that way, or do you think it's cutting into profits, whereas if you just didn't go that direction, that you, you might have better margins? So the, the, the pay into affiliate, it's not as expensive as paying, like, to um, F45 or Orange 3. Okay. So it's affiliate. So it's not like that corporate where you're paying like $100,000. Okay. It's only a few thousand dollars each year. Okay. Um, so manageable. Yeah, so it's manageable. So it doesn't cut into that much. So each month you kind of put a little bit of money aside to kind of pay for it. Because mm -hmm. um, you can still pay to use the name, which CrossFit headquarters, before they were doing a lot more online content. Mm -hmm. Now they're not doing as much. Now they're starting to build that back up. Mm -hmm. um, that was part of the reasons why we dropped out of it because they weren't doing anything. Then they changed management, and so they're starting building it. So basically, we're paying to use some of their social media content. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And do you think it's paying for itself? So when we bought back into it, mm. so we're, now we're still seeing. So we're basically, I'm going to wait two years to see if it still pays. Okay. I kind of yeah. see the, because before, like, we were paying for it. And a lot of times, like, it, they were doing all the advertising because a lot of people were going to see this CrossFit, like the CrossFit games, yep. the CrossFit. They, like, their budget to put stuff online is, like, multi-millions, right? So yep. people are going to see that and be like, oh, I want to start doing CrossFit. So I'm going to sign up for a CrossFit gym. And then they search us up. They find us on the website. They're like, oh, there's one right here. So that's yep. what we were paying for. Okay. And then they kind of cut their social media budgets and be like, yep, we're not going to focus on any of that. We're going to focus on something different. Hmm. And that's when, for about a year, we're like, why are we even paying this extra money? Because, like, it was doing, I don't want to say it was making business harder, but they were just putting things out there that weren't in line with our interests, and that's when we pulled away. Okay. And cool. so now they're kind of going back to the grassroots and rebuilding all that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I didn't, I didn't know how the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff works when it comes to CrossFit. I just, I just heard the other day that you got, yeah, you, the, yeah. I, it was a... So, a fee to be able to use the name. Yeah, yeah but like a, at the end of the day, it's not as much as compared to like yeah. Orange Theory because you, you got to pay a lot of money. But the thing is with them, they do all your. If they've got if they've got resources for you to tap into, uh, then you know right there it's worth it. Right? Yeah, so, well that, that's what yeah. Orange Theory. They will do all the programming. Everything's made down like the Florida yeah. headquarters, whatever. So really, he's got to open it up and manage the day, right? For, versus CrossFit, it's a very loose corporate structure. So cool. in some ways it works great so we can make our own brands, our own name. Mm-hmm. And some other ways it's kind of like anyone can open up a gym and you're kind of on your own. Yeah, cool. Uh, how difficult is it to uh, open up a gym and create programs and, uh, and to do all these things? Obviously it's, uh, it starts off out of you're into it because you're passionate about it Yeah. or else you wouldn't be into it. Exactly. Well, it's the same thing <laughs> as starting a brewery. Like, <clears throat> like the startup costs for a gym now are astronomical compared to when I did about eight, nine years ago because right. I buy all yeah. the equipment. Because yeah. there was, during COVID, there was the equipment shortage. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, right now, we can't even buy new equipment if some of our stuff breaks. Right. Because it's just, like, still waiting to be so, shipped. So you're maintaining everything you got. We got maintained. If so someone, like, if a member is kind of, like, hard on equipment, I'm like, the vein inside of my forehead starts to stick out. It's like, guys, we can't break this because we can't, <laughs> we can't afford to get it. Right? And then yeah. costs have gone up exponentially. Do you so. think that's going to peter out? Over time, yeah. Because yeah. I think everyone has bought their home equipment and then because they, they want to work out at home, then over time they're going to be like, oh, I'm kind of bored working out at my, on my own. At, I want to go back to the gym I want to go back. I need that <laughs> motivation. So. Yeah. Have you, so with, with all that happening, I mean, did you guys notice a drop as well in interest in, in, in your gym when everybody kind of bought their own home equipment and decided, hey, I can do this on my own in my garage. Yeah, so, so <clears throat> and that's a big thing that we're trying to do is, like, so people buy their own equipment, now they can do online stuff. And now there's, like, certain online brands, like um, even Apple Fitness, they just launch a whole new thing where you can buy into Apple Fitness where mm. you can just do the workouts at home. There's all these other brands that are huge, especially in the CrossFit oh, industry, yeah. where, like, you just sign on to their programming right yeah and so at first i was like should we try and tap into that try and sell it locally but then it's gonna be hard to compete with those online brands yeah so what yeah. we're we're trying to sell now is like when you come into the gym we provide everything right not mm. not just equipment but like come in forget everything at work so you come into the gym yeah. there Trevor. forget all the brewing stuff just come in there have 60 minutes of grind it out all you, all you have to do is show up yeah and there's a lot to be said about that too i mean i'm like i uh, 
used to be when I had more time on my hands, and I would when I get more time on my hands, I'd like to get back into it. But uh, but yeah, I used to really be into into fitness and uh, you know uh, designing like my own workouts for myself that worked well for me. And I, I had friends that were really into it too. And you know we we were gym buddies, and <clears throat> both both him and I were were really into designing workouts. You know what yeah. I mean? And so because that is do, the fun stuff. Do, like coming up with it these is programs, the fun yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And then um, just just doing research and finding out different ways that you can you can um, you know what what we really liked doing was. Um, uh, without being locked into a machine or anything like that, just using free weights, how, how much more stuff can you do with just a dumbbell rack and, yep. and a squat rack? You know what yep. I mean? Like, because with those two things right there, there's so much you can do. But, but at some point, I remember I actually got the idea um, where I was like, oh, I want to build my own gym in my own house. And I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you're right, man. It's like eventually that, uh, you know, I, I, I worked out at, at home for you know, a good year and a half, but after about a year and a half of doing it, I just missed going into the gym and that routine and like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, just kind of like seeing that, you know, those, those people again and just yeah. like, hey man, what's going on? Kind of, you know what I mean? That interaction you get while you're there with some people and, um, and, and just, just get out of the house, man. Like that was, exactly. I, I got tired of just like, I just wanted somewhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's the same thing as brewing beer. Cause I like, I can buy mm. some equipment order on Amazon, whatever nowadays, and I can make my own beer. But like one, don't have as, don't have the time. But two, yeah. it's kind of like I enjoy going like, okay, because yeah. right now I'm sipping on your Pilsner here, which I love, and like, okay, they have a really good Pilsner, I want to try this. And then when you go out, I'm say we post up at the bar right here, mm-hmm. um, some, some other dude comes in, you start talking to them, and like you yeah. create that atmosphere, and that's how you get talking to people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think that's yeah. the whole thing that we're trying to sell is like that community aspect. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it is, right? It's just uh, you're, you know, you get to know these people, they get to know you, and they they enjoy coming and they enjoy coming because and it's not just what you're offering to, but it's just like you as a, as a human being too. Like, I, I realize that people like to connect with certain people too, yeah. right? So, and that's that's all part of it, man. Like, let's get together. Let's grunt it out. Let's let's yep. push some heavy things around. And like, well, yeah, and I think that's <clears throat> fun because take out our frustrations yeah. in the day. You know, misery <laughs> loves company, and then there's that creating that bond, right? Now, yeah. going to flip it back to you. Now, do you find that because you're on, more on the business side, like yeah. you're not sitting here at the front here working the the tabs here when customers come in? Do you ever miss that, or do you ever still put time aside? So are you still working at the front here? Oh yeah, like uh, Becky and I, uh, my wife and I, we, um, you know, she does do most uh, of the work up front, uh, but we do share it, and we share a lot of the work in the back too. And it's, uh, yeah, we're we're all hands on deck, you know okay, what I mean? Um, and it's great. Like, I mean, people people come here, and we've got a really really strong base of regulars, and and there's a reason for it, right? It's because they can come here, and they see the two owners of this business just absolutely just kind of like slugging it out. You know what I mean? Like Becky could be in the back one day washing kegs. You know what I mean? I could be, you know, up front taking over for her or helping out when, you know, and or I'm in the back brewing a batch of beer or, you know, packaging or whatever. There's a, there's a whole lot of things to do, obviously, but uh, but we're all doing it. Like we're all kind of like um, a part of the whole process. <laughs> well, I and think people and, come in and see it, and that's yeah, what they like, right? And that, that, I was going <clears> to <throat> say that people love seeing the hard work, like you leading from the front. You're not sitting in your ivory tower, and be like, yeah. "We need to sell, sell, sell." No, you man, know? we're rolling but up our like, sleeves. You're, we're getting dirty. You're short, <laughs> like before we started this, you're in the back there. 
you're get, getting all the cakes. Dusty. And, yeah, you're getting dirty. <laughs> and then you say you jump up here, work out the front. But I think people respect. People respect hard work. Right? Uh. It's the same thing in the fitness industry. They lo members love when the coaches are like doing the same workouts. We're suffering, like through a workout. Yeah. Like I gotta be careful on the word suffering, but like you know what I mean. Like we're like oh no, you're sweating. working hard, man. You're yeah, working, we're hard. working hard. We're like man, this <laughs> sucks, but like we're working hard and like it doesn't people, suck though. Yeah, but it feels people, good. <laughs> people relate to that, and I think they love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and and one of the the real big perks of the job that I've got here is the um the versatility and at, at any given point in the day I do have the ability just to be like I'm gonna pour myself a pint and I'm gonna sit down with this person and I'm gonna say hi and enjoy a pint with them slow it down you know right? what I mean um you know uh and it's it's just nice to have that versatility uh so it is a lot of hard work obviously you know we're both Becky and I are right now we're literally not shy of doing 70 to 80 hour work weeks it's crazy but uh, but the nice thing is that we do have these moments that we can just like you know just take a moment off you know just sit down and just enjoy a conversation for a bit you know or at the end of the day kind of sit down when you're turning off the lights like let's have a quick beer and just kind of yeah <laughs> enjoy the peace and quiet i don't know if or if you guys are like hey let's get out of here but like but you can enjoy those moments right yeah yeah well actually one of my favorite things things to do is is quite the opposite <laughs> when we lock up shop some days and I'm I'm here by myself just closing up shop like I blare the music and pour myself a pint and like yeah. <laughs> it's That's not good. it's not a piece like a nice uh, quiet moment I like to just kind of like yeah, fire up the sound like the the the, the speakers and and <laughs> but but that's how I, but but that's how you unwind cuz like to me in the gym it's it's actually the opposite of that like after like coaching so many hours in a row one of yeah. the best things is just turning off the music I I'll turn off the music and just start cleaning the gym yeah, because okay. it's just that peace and quiet. Because we just had like four or five hours of, of loud. chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weights dropping, but like there's been times like on a Saturday if I'm cleaning the gym, just pour myself a pint. Okay. Yeah, man. Go and get the floor scrubber out. Start pushing it with a beer in my hands. Yeah, you're on your own schedule, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, as busy as you are, you've got these moments of like, eh, I'm not on the clock right now. I I own this business. Yeah. My, boss, my boss can't fire me for my a boss can't the job. fire me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, have you guys taken any time off? Like, how do you guys balance? the whole work because like our big thing is we always say at the gym is train for adversity but which like we train in the gym to deal with like situations outside of life but yeah one of the big things we're always big on is how do you create that balance yeah right? and now how do you how have we, you guys we don't have balance no, no. it's uh yeah i mean it, i would love nothing more to get back into the things i was i was into before which was like uh, you know, music and, and fitness really is kind of uh, we're two of the really big things in my life. Um, uh, but uh, we, yeah, we've how do I say it? Like we've been kind of through the whole COVID thing that's happened. Um, we, you know, we've we've been kicked to the curb quite a few times. Um, one one of the biggest points that's making it difficult for us right now, and why we have to put in so many hours, uh, Becky and I, is um, <clears throat> basically. The, the government has, has all these programs out there for businesses to be able to tap into government money to make sure that they're keeping employees employed and you know, to, to help out with rent and things like that. So, so particularly for us, it was the wage subsidy and the rent subsidy. Um, because I opened my business um, from 2016, uh, I was a contract brewer until 2019 and uh, basically 
in order to be eligible for these programs, you have to show a certain amount of revenue loss compared to numbers in 2019, yeah. which I was basically running at that time, I was running the business out of my, my living room. Um, I had almost zero overhead costs, but my revenues, because I was only selling to uh, LCBOs and restaurants and bars, basically, my revenues, or sorry, yeah, my revenues were fairly low compared to what they are now that we opened up our storefront because now we've got a shop, we've got home deliveries, we got you know all these things that in that caused revenues to increase, but to do all that overhead goes up. Well, overhead now, uh, you know, went up by seven hundred and fifty percent, right? Because now I've got employees that need to be paid, I've got rents, I've got you know the list goes on. Um, but you know, were we affected and were sales affected by COVID? Absolutely, one hundred percent. And plus, we had all these troubles with like inventory. Uh, or sorry, not getting our hands on aluminum cans that caused problems. And even, even with those problems happening, we still couldn't show the revenue loss. And so now all of a sudden we're not eligible for the wage and rent subsidies. So how do you combat that? Well, you basically let go of all your staff, which was not supposed to happen. It's the, it's, it's the reason well, it why the government, yeah. Started all that, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's the reason why these programs are out there is so that businesses like mine didn't have to let go of all their staff because of how tight things are getting due to COVID restrictions. That was the whole purpose, but we completely slipped through the cracks because we were trying to compare numbers to when we were a contract brewer, uh, revenue loss, um, which just kind of made us ineligible. And it, it, it was a really unfortunate situation. It doesn't happen too often, uh, but it has happened. Uh, no, I, knew, I know a few stories like <clears throat> that, like yours. Yeah, yeah, but it, and, it, and it really just means it put us in a really tight spot and uh, and you know we've been we've been slugging it out. Uh, I, I keep using that term, <laughs> but we've been. I love it. I love the slugging because it's the work ethic, and that was yeah, the yeah, whole reason yeah. why I wanted to have you on here, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, but it's you know we've we've really just kind of like um, you know we Becky and I have been working a lot of hours. Let's just say that so to make up for it. So and I'm really looking forward to kind of turning the corner and coming out of all this where where all this isn't really happening and we can finally get our staff back on. You know, businesses have been open for. A certain amount of time that like now our keg sales are back up and now our you know bars and restaurants are now working at full capacity and so so this is what i'm really looking forward to is 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 that day it hasn't quite happened just yet you know there's still we're still on some bumpy roads right now but uh, but it's getting there yeah. um and then you guys can take a day or two off and, and that's when we would <laughs> yeah that'll be the true <laughs> that's like where okay all this, we made it yeah right? that's where all this was getting to then, yeah. then i'll get back in the gym man <laughs> yeah. well because that's one thing tara and i found that like even during COVID, like when the gym was locked down, I was still working a lot. Like yeah. even though we're not running classes, but you're still constantly trying to do things every single day. And I use that time as like, okay, I'm going to start doing more um, online courses and stuff because continuing education. Mm -hmm. But like even Tara, Tara was grinding the whole time, right? Yeah. Tara's my wife for anyone listening. Um, and since she works at Diane's and yep. during that time, even when the restaurant was closed, she was still accumulating overtime hours. Yeah. And now since they open back up, like yeah. she works, I don't know, the same thing as you, like mm. 80 hours a week. Like I thought like I work a lot, like 60 hours a week, but like she's like double, almost doubled that, right? Wow. And like the only way I can see her is by like me picking up shifts to work at Diane's. Yeah. And I, like yeah. that's how we see each other. Every now and then yeah. we'll get evening off because we still do our, on yeah. Thursday nights is our date night. Right yep. on Thursday night, we turn off the phone, which is super hard sometimes because we still get like, say, texts from like yeah. members, coaches. It's not it's not their fault because they don't know it, but 
or emails and stuff like that. But that's one thing we have to hold on to is like our day night, Thursday night, turn mm -hmm. the phones off. Let's get some takeout because all started during COVID was like, how can we support another local restaurant? Let's get some takeout. And we, because during COVID, like it was so easy for us, for me to be constantly going online because we're trying to do everything online mm -hmm. and then throw our phones away. So that's one way, like we, we struggle with that, but that's one yeah. thing like we constantly hold on to is like Thursday night, date night, don't talk to us. That's good, man. <clears throat> that's awesome. That's so important to do. It's so important. Like, yeah, you got to, you got to disconnect because yeah. otherwise, man, you're just going to drive yourself nuts. It's yeah. like... and, and that's one thing I've noticed with COVID. A lot of people, they, even though people work from home now, a lot of people are like, I work from home now. They say it's much harder for them to disconnect, even though they're like, now I don't have that commute or staff meetings, but there's like, yeah. I just feel like I'm constantly on the clock. Because yeah. they're constantly checking yeah. emails. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there was, uh, it's really interesting because there, there was a point in all this madness when the, during the first lockdown, actually, and, um, you know, everything just went complete switch to online sales. Like, nobody's walking into your, into your storefront. None of the bars and restaurants are ordering, you know, ke uh, kegs of beer. We we did still have uh, the LCBO going. That was that was fine. Well, it was but, one of the only places that I was allowed to stay. Open yeah, exactly. In grocery stores. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I, right in the middle of all that, well, actually, it could have been just a couple of weeks in, where all of a sudden, like our schedule, my wife and I, like we, it went down to like you know we open up the doors at like noon, and we wait for these orders to come in online. And then our cutoff is three for the same day delivery. And then uh, at three o'clock, we load the truck with all the deliveries. We drive around town for an hour and a half, drop delivering beer to people. And suddenly we find ourselves at home at 7 p.m. And our day was done. And it's just like, that's never happened. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden we've got, we, we found ourselves actually with time on our hands, which was really unusual. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as soon as, um, you know, the, the second and third lockdown were, were very different. Yeah. Um, there, w there was a lot more going on for us. Uh, and, and so we were, it, it was only during that, that brief little kind of eye of the storm period during that first lockdown that I was actually kind of nice. I'm like, you know what? I, I could, I could continue doing this for a while, you well, know? <laughs> well, for sure. Like I think back at that time, Tara and I, that was the best our lawns ever looked. Because we actually mm. had some extra time. We're like, okay, on the we had a full weekend, like yeah. two full days off together. Yeah. Um, where we're <laughs> like, okay, yeah, let's get the grass cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now it's like survival mode. Every like like two weeks, I'm like, fuck, okay, I gotta cut the grass. Weeds are like up past my waist, but okay, I gotta chip away. But yeah, yeah. But going back to some of those COVID days, it was a slower paced life. It was, yeah. I, actually, I remember knocking on your door a couple of times, uh, yeah, delivering remember, beer to yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, but that was great too. Like, okay, I don't have to go to the LCBO, got a free delivery, yeah. and we sit around and drink a couple of beers in the evening. So. And cut the lawn. And cut the lawn. So. <laughs> yeah, cool. No. cool. Um, no, this was awesome, Trevor. Yeah. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Yeah, no problem. That was a fun, fun little chat. Okay, so how cool. can people find you guys? Uh, Social media, or oh yeah, any, like where? yeah, we're we we've now got it all covered um, in terms of like our our social media presence, our online store. Uh, you know, anytime anybody walks into this building, you're you're gonna find either Becky and I are sitting here to greet you, kind of thing. So yeah, we're we're here, we're okay. here. And if they your website skeleton. Uh, park brewery or skeleton it's, uh, yeah so www.skeletonpark.ca we dropped the brewery just because it was 
getting too long to type in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, yeah. social media, Facebook, same thing. All that, all that. Yeah. So just look us up. Um, yeah, you'll you'll find us. Where, just real quick, where are the couple of restaurants that you guys? Are in right now just give me a couple so if people go out to those restaurants oh man there's so many to list but uh but yeah uh diane's has been uh where your wife works uh you know they've been almost a customer of ours since day one like yeah. i well, walk back I, in your contract brewing days yeah, yeah back in the contract brewery days where i was just like personally just kind of like showing up knocking on doors and being like hi my name's trevor i sell beer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like who are you scouting park brewery what's that you know yeah. um but diane's took us in immediately and it was uh we've been uh working with them ever since man it's been great uh so super um uh happy about uh about that and that they've they've always uh, sort of supported us um but yeah um uh, it's you know, Black Dog is a great one. I mentioned Rustic Spud before, Merchant Mansion, Toucan now. Uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, the list is really growing. Um, and, uh, are you guys outside of Kingston? Uh, we are, yeah. Um, so we do uh, sell our beer kind of across the 401 corridor and all the LCBOs. Not every single one of them, maybe about sort of like 8 to 10%, I guess, right now. Um, but That's uh, still a lot. It's, yeah, it's decent. We're actually trying to cut it back a little bit. Uh, uh, because we're having production issues and we're, we're trying to maybe focus more on our, our local area, make sure that these guys are, uh, you know, have, have yeah. enough, you know, beer to, to, to sell from us. But, uh, so we've, we've actually dropped a few accounts in the Toronto area, but, uh, but yeah, but now, now we're working on increasing our production capacity. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, man. We'll enjoy the no long problem. weekend too. Hopefully you get some time off. Eh? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs>